Hey, what's up? It's MJ. Let me tell you about a wine region you need to visit. Just over a year ago, I visited Walla Walla Wine Country for the first time, and let me tell you, it was phenomenal. Walla Walla is one of the most fertile agricultural areas in the nation, producing everything from wheat to asparagus, strawberries, and sweet onions, but is there exquisite high-end wines that have put Walla Walla firmly on the map. Wine growing in the region dates back to the 1850s when the first wine grapes were planted by Italian immigrants. Unfortunately, Prohibition wiped out winemaking, and it wasn't until 1974 when Gary Figgins of Leonetti Cellars began planting grapevines. Ten years later, in 1984, the Walla Walla AVA was approved by the federal government, and in 2015, the Rocks District of Milton Freewater was approved by the federal government as a sub-AVA within the Walla Walla AVA. The Rocks District is the only AVA in the country based entirely on soil type. So whether you're into Bordeaux varietals, Italian varietals, or like me, Rhone varietals, Walla Walla has got you covered. Do yourself a favor and book your trip to visit one of the most exciting wine regions in the world. Go to wallawallawine.com for more information. Hey, I'm MJ Taylor, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is the co-owner and winemaker of Kitsy Cellars, Upside Down, and the Devil is a Liar Wine, Seth Kitsy. Seth grew up in an agricultural family, but wanted to be a professional snowboarder. Um, he had a circuitous route to wound, to wound, to wine, developing a taste while working in Seattle restaurants. After attending the Northwest Wine Academy in the Emerald City, Seth began working at his family's winery on Candy Mountain near Richland, Washington. His wife and partner, Audrey, also came from an agricultural family. And today they run their wineries, each with a slightly different focus, producing high-quality wines. Welcome, Seth. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Uh, tell everybody about the wine we're drinking now. You brought a few wines, but what do we have yeah. in our glass right now, man? Right now uh, is our upside-down Roussan. So, 100% uh, uh, Roussan, and this is a Conwalk Vineyard, which is northern Yakima Valley. Okay. High elevation. Um and then the other half is Weather Eye Vineyard up on Red Mountain. So very nice. I love that. Super cool, this dude. You have some cool shit going on here. First of all, you got the barcode, and then you got like the parental advisory. Yeah, that's thing uh, going on. Well, that I mean, it's actually I don't want to get in trouble, but it was inspired by a Pusha T album cover. You can't be. I mean, yeah. you can't be. Uh, you know. Uh, 
that's not that. Listen, great artist. I mean, I changed it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Shout out to Pushy T. Yeah, you listen to podcasts. I doubt you do, but maybe one day. I don't know. You never know. I never know. Yeah. Awesome. Um. So, uh, let's start at the beginning, man. Where are you from? Uh, Richland, Washington. Richland, Washington. Now, I am from New Jersey East Coast. Where, so I, what do we know? I know Kirkland, Washington because of Costco. (laughs) I know Seattle because of grunge and, and then, and then, uh, you know, you also got, you got your Microsofts and all these things. Where, where's Richland in relationship to like the, the cities that all of us East Coast people know? Yeah. So it's, it's funny because it's. Richland, Kennewick, and Pasco make up, they call it the Tri-Cities. Okay. And there's a Tri-Cities on the East Coast, too, somewhere. Well, is that, uh, I know, like we, have, we have the Tri-State area, and we have the Quad Cities, remember, come on, ride yeah, it, yeah, ride yeah. it. So, yeah. but, but they're probably, but in all fairness, there probably is a Tri-Cities on the East Coast. I, I always, I remember looking it up, and I remember that stuff. I mean, the Tri-State, Canada. that's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, yeah. but... I don't know where we have a place. So, so okay, so I, I flew into Pasco, yeah. right, today. I didn't know the other two cities that made up the, what, what were the Tri-Cities. Yeah, so that's Richland's right across the river, and that's right where Red Mountain is. Kind okay. Of that's up right to the edge of it, and that's, like, right where the end of Yakima Valley is. Okay. So it kind of ends right there, and then when you drive from Pasco Airport to Walla Walla, you kind of go along the, wind, the river for a little bit, and then break off towards Oregon. So, uh... We're about an hour, 45 minutes from, from Walla Walla. Okay. Um, and then we're about three hours south of Seattle, or southeast. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of like in this, like, no man's land right in the middle of the state. It's like Seattle, Tri-Cities, and then Spokane make up, like, a big tri Okay, okay. So Right, so Spokane, all my NCA fans, Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga. Yeah, they're one of the teams that are like the bane of my existence. Yeah, I know. I always, I'm like, I don't even know how they got good. <laughs> like they like, come out. Like, like although, although uh, I think Villanova did them that one time. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, they they become a powerhouse, dude. A freaking powerhouse. Oh yeah. Out in Eastern Washington. <laughs> yeah, and it's a tiny school. Yeah. It's tiny. Yeah. 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 Um, but so so that's interesting. We'll get it. We'll. Eventually, we're going to get some wine stuff, but just, so Red Mountain and Yakima, so all the wine people definitely kind of have a sense of, or have seen that on a bottle. Yeah. Yep. So, but, well, I, I never want to say all, right? Because I never right. know who's listening, but. Well, there's a lot of people that are like, Columbia Valley, I thought that was in California. You right. know, right. Right. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it's just the greater area of all of Washington. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, okay, so. I'm here. I've been. It's my third time here. It's small here now. Still, I mean, it's growing. But what was it like um, growing up? And 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 so Walla Walla has the prison, right? So anyway, so what was it like? Like you're straight ag though. Like oh, yeah. although I'm sure there must be some kids' dad might have came commuted and worked at the. I mean, there wasn't like I didn't grow up with wine. It was cherries and apples. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so like Yakima Valley, there was there was wine grapes, but there wasn't that much of it you know people were just starting to get into it um you know there was a couple vineyards on red mountain a couple stuff in horse heaven hills you know people were 
making good wine, but in Washington State, it's like the consumers of Washington weren't like wine crazed like they are now, right? Yeah. You know, so it was, it was this thing where it was always there, but it wasn't, uh, it's not something that like we didn't have the WSU program or the Walla Walla colleges, you know, like at that time that were really pumping out a lot of winemakers and stuff like that. Um, but uh, when I grew up, when I was a kid, it was like, I mean, even Tri-Cities is probably half the size it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just cherries, apples, going to farmer's markets, bagging stuff, you know, in the back of the truck and um, so you, so like, farming family, you know? You, like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not going to fucking farmer family. <laughs> I come from a postal family. My family all worked in the post office. So, so <laughs> it was pretty much like our, our foreman and his family. Yep. Uh, it's like Sergio and Jose were like my two best friends growing up. Okay. We lived with like right o- right across the street. We ride four wheels around all day. Like play football in the front yard together. You know, it's like, and then it's like if they weren't home, it's like you just went out and rode your bike, built built jumps, burned burned stink bugs with magnifying glasses. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you just did the weirdest stuff. You know, as a kid. Um, but then we moved into like the city city of Richland okay. when I was like. Uh, middle school, so then I then it became a little bit more normal. I was like, know? so you, were, so, I mean, you, you were, I was like a little less feral, right? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It was uh, then it's like ride the bike to your friend's house, you know, do all the normal video games, you know, yeah. Whatever. yeah. It's so funny. I had Sam Couturier on. He grew up on Sonoma Mountain, so rare, very rural. Same thing. He's like, it's like, dude, we were riding four, doing crazy riding four wheelers, oh, yeah. blowing shit up. Um, but that's got to be like a. a, a very liberal. Like, it's got to be like there must be something that was just beautiful and freeing to just be like we talk about boys be boys. Like it seems like oh dude, it was like get stuck in the mud pit, lose your shoe, and mom's pissed. You know, like <laughs> it was a yeah. No, I I look at it now because it's like you know we're starting to we have sage and kids and stuff, yeah. and I'm like man, it was like such a blessing because when you grow up in that environment you're so creative and you use your brain and you're like building forts and you're like doing all this stuff that like kids don't really do nowadays you know because it's all the games and stuff now are crazy right you know so it's like why your your stimulation is like 10 you know and so you didn't you don't have to be as creative yeah it's crazy Um, but i think it's important you know and it's something that i'm trying to like i want my daughter to experience a little bit so yeah, we were on we were on the, the little short flight from Seattle to here, and there was a and it's like it's a big actually it's a big ass plane. It was in a lot of people, but they're like can't move because we got oh, the yeah. plane waited, whatever. But and we were of course we're behind some little freaking kids, and he's like <laughs> just yelling, yeah, just yelling. Right? But then the mom was like, okay, it's fine. Once we get in the air, I can put on a movie for you. And sure enough, she handed her her phone. He started watching. And I was like, that's what I was like. Do you know how sad it is? I was like, that kid's addicted. Like, Dude. I was like, I was like, that's so sad. I was like, I said a couple of things, right? So I'm 55, right? So I'm old school. My mother's from Georgia. Black moms don't play. Like, like I know when I was like three years old, if I was, I'd sit in church for two hours and be quiet. It was because, 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 yeah. because, you know what the real one was? Getting my ass whipped. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't like, and it wasn't, but, but it was so crazy. She had her phone and, oh yeah. And I'm like, so to your point, it's, it is good. And I think you, I think that's something that's cool about having 
what you're doing, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about. But you know, your daughter sees mom and daddy working together outside. You know, so um, you know, I mean, we're also so guilty of that. Oh, too. Well, you know, yeah. it's like. Oh man, it's it's just so hard. Yeah, it's so hard because you have an instant fix. It right does. There. I mean, they know it's yeah. it, it, the dope. It just comes uh, right like again and again. But uh, that sounds like a blast. Like coming home, I can see coming home. Oh yeah. Um, so who kind of started this? Was uh, which which generation are you? Like who was, was your great grandfather, grandma? Like how many generations had been? Yeah. Um, in and and they had been in fruit orchards basically yeah yeah so my grandfather was in like a partnership with orchard and my dad uh that's where we grew up okay um and that was all the cherries and apples um so my dad was a second generation farmer yep um and then when they planted grapes in 2000 he was just wanting to farm grapes Mm -hmm. and so uh uh, that was kind of his idea not to really ever open a winery or anything like that. Um, and then you can't sell your grapes for one year, you know, and then you have a winemaker that's like, well, I'll make it for you, you know, and then uh, just give me half of it, you yeah, know, yeah. and then it's like all downhill from there. Right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of how how it started for for them. So I'll, I'm a third-generation farmer, okay. but first-generation winemaker. Okay. So... so- but there's a lot happened. So you moved into that, like the city proper, um, and um, did you play sports in school? Because you're, you're you're a pretty fit guy. We were talking about before you played love, play golf. We'll get into snowboarding. But like, were you, were, did you any play any organized sports in school? Oh yeah, um, up until high school, okay. I pretty much was really into basketball. I played little league. You yeah. know, I never played football or anything. Um, but. Uh, my brother was really good at basketball, and so obviously you're the younger brother. You want to play. You're always playing with his friends, you know, keeping up and stuff. So basketball was always kind of my love. But at the same time, you get to high school, and you tell a high school coach you want to go snowboarding, good luck. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, no, no, because you, like, you, know, you turn yeah, your ankle. And you yeah. get it. Um, but I was thinking when you talk about older brother, um, I was like, you know, okay, Danny might have won the NCAA champion. He did a good job. But Bobby was actually the better basketball player. Really? Danny's clearly the better coach. Danny Hurley yeah. uh, played a better coach. But Bobby, you know, Bobby won a couple rings. Yeah, that mean. You know, um, the trophies. You know, how many? Are, how many? Are, it's just you and your brother. How many siblings? How many kids? Me, my brother, and my younger sister. Okay. So, and what's kind of the, the spread? Uh, my brother's four years older than me. Okay. My sister is one year younger than me. Okay. And uh, she's from Sao Paulo, Brazil. So she was adopted when she oh, was wow. like eight. Okay. So we went down there for a few months. Holy moly. Yeah. She's awesome. She's like, watches Sage like three days a week. Like without, you know, we couldn't even run the winery yeah. without like her, her help. Or, or we'd be just, you know, paying someone else to do it. But yeah, it's she's awesome. She's the best. I got to digress. What had your parents go to, not only to adopt a child, but go internationally to adopt a child? Um, because Brazil's like Brazil's a gnarly country. Yeah, and eight year and and my wife was a social worker, and at eight, there's a lot happening. There's a lot that's already yeah. happened that's embedded in, in in your sister. I don't think that was their plan. I think originally they you know wanted to adopt a younger child, yep. and then for for whatever reason, those were the cards that fell. Yeah, you know they felt called to do that. Nice. You know, and then uh, and then. It was, you know, obviously a huge blessing to our family. So, yeah. Yeah. Right on. That's so cool. Um, and so, 
you uh, you didn't like playing basketball, but you mentioned snowboard. When did you when did when did you take up snowboarding? Was this, you know, did, you, did you grow up skiing or? I was always skateboarding. Okay, like, so I skateboarded from like, you know, since I can remember. It's, you know, you can watch the X Games on TV. I was like the crazy kid in my family, so I'd be on the trampoline doing flips when I was you know five. So it was like anything that you could catch air on, four <laughs> wheels included, I was about it, you know? So uh, skateboarding I always did, and then I started snowboarding, like, for the first time, I played a lot of hockey, actually, probably more than basketball growing mm. up, and my one of my friends, Nick, uh, on my hockey team took me snowboarding. Okay. And, I, and then I found out you could catch air easier on a snowboard than you can on a skateboard, and I was hooked from there. <laughs> Didn't like the cold as much, but, you know, it was worth it, so... Um, yeah, I started doing that when I was 12, Okay, and then uh, got pretty good pretty fast, and then by the time I was like 15, 16, I was sponsored by Ride Snowboards, and uh, kind of did the, the contest stuff, and filming videos, and stuff like that, and uh, I'll never forget like when I told my dad I wasn't going to play basketball, because I wanted to snowboard. Because he was pissed. Because my dad was like sports, you know. Yeah. Like he's WSU, played baseball for uh, Bobo at, at oh, wow. WSU. And okay. Like, so we grew up going to every football game, you know. He would do anything for us kids growing up, like sports-wise, you know. And it's like, you know, he, he would he would be slinging extra cherries just to get us to go to like NBC basketball camp, you know, or yeah. something yeah. else. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was always like, you know, if there was a spare second, he wasn't farming or working his other job. It's like we'd be playing sports. Okay. Um, so he had invested a yeah. lot of time and energy into. I don't know like, if he, he, I don't like, he had invested. He yeah. was straight up vested. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. He's like, uh, uh, yeah. he's like, uh, I want one hundred return on. He's like, I, I put in my time here, yeah. boys. And then, uh, and then his son was like, Yeah, I'm not going to play basketball anymore. Oh, and I had transferred to Pasco High at that time because I wanted to play basketball for Pasco instead of Richland. Okay. Um, because a lot of my friends that I grew up playing basketball with were living in Pasco. Okay. Um, so not only that, he's driving me 30 minutes to high school every day just so I can play. You want to snowboard? And then all of a sudden, it's like freshman year. I was like, you want to snowboard? He's like, well, you're 15. Good luck finding a ride to the mountain. You're about two hours away from the mountains here. Um, by the way, next semester, you're going to Richland High because we're not driving your ass to Pasco anymore. It was like... It, it was not good for a minute there. Yeah. <laughs> but your brother played basketball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did he go on to play in college or? No, no. He went to Wazoo for a little bit and then kind of figured out. He's like, I don't know if college is my thing. Gotcha. So he's a carpenter now. So. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. That's right. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense too because you grew up an actor. You like you like your hands. You used yeah. to work with your hands, and you know they. The all real learning has to be done with your hands. Like think about. It. Like tying your shoes yeah. like that, like you know what I mean. Like that's like most of the real learning too is when you're young, right? Like totally. Your motor skills, right? Like, and it's all physical because it gets your brain to fire. So, right? so that's that's really cool. Um, that's so funny. He's like, that reminds me. Have you ever read the book Green Lights? Yeah, I remember Green Lights. It's Matthew McConaughey's book. It's actually oh, really. I listened good. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a good book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this with his brother with, with the long hair yeah. with the football yeah. coach. Yeah. He's like, Jesus Christ, that lawyer. Dad drove eight miles out. Okay, Jesus, get your ass back to school. That that book was like so crazy because you feel like, especially listening to him read it yeah. on the audio book. 
I'm like, you know, you see him in movies, but that's not really who he and, is. Because he's like you said, know? he was like rom com guy. So oh, you're yeah. like, hey, right, you know, yeah. I don't think he's got any depth. Right. To be honest, right? No. He's fucking super good looking. Like he's head. so honest in that book. You're like, you're like, when you're done with it, you're like, God dang, you're the man. You know, exactly. like, you're awesome. You don't hold anything back. It's, it's, I love that book. That yeah. was a good that was, that was one of my, I, I also have the audio book to be honest. And I've listened to it. I've, I've, I've gotten through it about five times. Whenever I need like a, whenever I know I'm like dragging my ass, I'm like, throw a chapter in there. Yeah, like, McConaughey, get me, get my, get my ass in gear. Yeah. Don't half-ass it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, your dad kind of seems like that just reminds like that old school dad. Yeah. Not playing around. No, it was, uh, um, another perfect example of that is like, uh, when we were planting the vineyard, I worked in it. Okay. So I helped my dad plant our vineyard in 2000. I was like 12 years old and I, I would train it, you know, you're doing all the work and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And my buddy Tyler got paid by his granddad to move water lines on like their stuff. And he was getting paid like back then, like twelve bucks an hour. You, that's, that's, that's that's really good. good. Listen, man. <laughs> and you, you, I go. I'm gonna let you finish your story. I know what yeah. you did. Oh, I know the mistake. Oh yeah, you made. I, I went home. I was like, Dad, why don't I get paid? <laughs> Tyler gets paid. Oh my gosh. It, it, my dad's gotten super chill now. Like he's he's like, like not nearly as hot as he used to be in his younger days. But I just remember him getting so mad. He's like, We put a roof over your head. Everything. Like, clothes on you. Yeah. Exactly. Everything. They run it all they run it down for you. And it's I mean, you're a kid, you don't think about that. You know, at at all. Now I look back and I'm like, damn, we were like traveling to Portland and Boise and all these hockey tournaments and like all this stuff. He probably spent so much damn money, you know? And like I'm like, yeah, that was pretty pretty ruthless but you know it, at the same time it's like getting an allowance as a kid is like part of like well yeah, growing up, exactly you know, right like, like, like what do you mean you don't get an allowance and you yeah. feel you got you feeling like less than you know starting that whole like the whole money issues in life <laughs> right no so but 12 dollars an hour is a lot of money that was a lot of money dude that's like seriously yeah well and and just to give reference it's like his his dad was like one of the main real his his grandpa was one of the main real estate guys in charge. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So but it's like I mean, you know, I mean, like they but for from, me, I just heard it. Didn't charge twelve dollars. You're yeah. getting paid for yeah. doing work. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Pull my own weight. See, yeah. I, oh, man. See, I love this conversation. I'm, this has gotten me going down a rabbit hole. Like, but see, this is the thing you talk about. Like, um, just just different things people talk. Right. So he was raised. Yeah, absolutely. Like. So he's coming from, they got some money, right? Yeah. So they're teaching him how to run a business. Yeah. And get paid. Yeah. Like, they, like exactly. they, you know, and your dad, not more, is he, how to work hard. Yes. Right? right? But but literally, that's how money things go with people. Like, I have friends who are like, same thing, like, they grew up, and like, like, if their parents own a shop, they learned, they knew how to become, they become, they knew how to be a merchant. You know, like, different versus like, yeah, you know, um, so that's pretty funny. It's pretty cool. Um, so, um, you go um, to college. Where'd you go to college? Central Washington University, Central the home of the Wildcats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Wildcats. Uh, you know, probably amongst the most five popular uh, yeah, college mascots. <laughs> right um and where is central washington it's in ellensburg so it's like the dead 
center of Washington and like all that you can grow around there because it's so damn cold is hay and maybe some other row crops you know um and in the winter time it was just windy cold and you would have like ice for like three months out of the year but you're close to Snoqualmie Pass where like the snowboarding scene was. okay I like so it. I could I could drive is that why you chose university yeah. oh yeah because I, I had friends that went there already that were into mm-hmm. snowboarding it was open Snoqualmie's open until 10 p.m. so you just schedule all your classes young you can go snowboarding like every day and I worked up there you know mm-hmm. even during college um and it actually like I love that school it was super fun because there's there's no Greek system so oh, yeah. uh I mean on the weekends it's like if you went to a party no one was turning anyone away from right anywhere. you're not gonna get jumped by and, and it was just yeah, yeah, there was no yeah, clicks yeah. really yeah, you know yeah. it was just super fun yeah, yeah. So was that kind of because I went to the Connecticut State University? Was that kind of like their liberal arts campus? Because like there was four, and like Eastern was more liberal, and you know and, uh, Southern Route was more education, but, you know. But uh, or just that's just how it, it just happened to play out. Yeah, it's it's kind of like there's a there's WSU and UW, yep, and then there's Western Washington University in Bellingham, and then Central. So those are like the steps now. Gotcha. You know, and one's like. East side of the state farming school, and then yep. I'd say Western is more like the liberal arts. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, what were you studying besides snowboarding? Recreation and tourism, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It, it was literally like I, I did that degree because um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. It's like I was still like I did running start in in high school. So I could take winters off from college okay. to travel and we'd like live in Tahoe and snowboard or travel around and do stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I guess that my direction in college was like, I was super lucky that basically my adopted grandma had like some money set aside for me, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. I was super lucky I could go. I didn't want to not go and right. waste it. Right. Uh, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. But with, who does? That's the problem with college. Man. You're 18 years exactly. old, dude. You're like you're fresh out of school. Like all that you can think about is like you're like I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna do my parents. I'm, yeah, free. Yeah. I'm, free. Like, I'm free. I'm free. I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to live. Right. You know. Right. Um, and so I think I think for me it was uh, I, I basically was like. You know, at that stage of my life, all I wanted to do was snowboard. And I was like, okay, if I don't make it snowboarding, like, sustainable tourism and resort management, you know, maybe I can manage a ski resort. Or I do mean, something yeah, like exactly. that. yeah, I get it. You like, know, yeah, yeah. so. It's a never-ending summer, right? Like, yeah, never-ending. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you talked about this earlier, but, and, and you brought it back to my forefront of my mind. Is, so, you get sponsored. What is, what is like, so I've seen the, the skateboarding movies, right? Mm-hmm. Dogtown and Z-Boys and all those movies, which were great movies. Um, and then I've probably seen a couple of docs. Um, oh, I did see it. was a good movie. I was actually good Did movie. you watch that Sean White one? Is that, which one? Is that the one with Vince Vaughn? No. No, this is like a documentary. This is not, okay. Uh-huh. okay. Yeah, on, it was like Netflix one. Of okay, yeah. No, I have to check it out, man. But there's actually a, um, believe it or not, Vince Vaughn um, plays the dad in the skateboard movies, like a single dad and they're in the Hollywood, Hollywood, and his son is hanging out. Uh, it's called North Hollywood. It actually has a pro skater in it. But yeah, you should check this one out. Yeah, it's I'm like, surprised I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's because... called North Hollywood, yes. Okay. Um, and it's like Vince Vaughn, who's like, you know, he's like... It's newer? 
It was 2021. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised I haven't seen that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Too, me so. too. I, um, because and I'll tell you how I saw it because. That was COVID, so stay home watching all that shit. Right. That's, right. That's yeah. why I'm like, how, how do you miss yeah, that? You watched everything. Right. COVID, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so the, his son ended up getting sponsored. But like, what's it like? I know, like, and so this is twenty. So like, you know, now it's GoPros and yeah. people like go like. But so they spot you, so they're giving you gear and stuff and paying for you to go to tournaments. Is that yeah, what, it was. It was like, like uh, I mean, when I when I did it, there wasn't like a. Instagram, you know, like, like, yeah. now it's like literally like you can be like a professional and you're basically on Instagram, I know, you know? I know, it's crazy where like when we did it, you basically filmed all winter long okay. and you just made, you made one video with maybe like 10 writers and you all had like part to a song mm. and then you premiered it like before the next year. Um, it's like a mixtape. So, so it's like, you were like, you had all these awesome clips, like you're working your ass off getting hurt, busting your ass too, but like, uh, you know, you stockpiled basically for 12 months, uh, winter, you know, like eight months, you're, you're following it, and then no one saw it, whereas now like people upload oh, it so really quick, quick yeah. you know, um, so it's kind of like one of those things, and then it's like, you might have a year where you get hurt and you only get like half part, you know, or something like that, so at my time it was like, we did that, we had an awesome group of us friends in the northwest that um made these videos and and, and it's like my my buddy uh little austin as we called him because he was like tinier than right. anyone go twice as big as anyone um he's like he jumps out of helicopters with travis rice you know like oh, he's still one guys, still yeah, one of us like he's yeah. like the top of the top you know like but uh yeah and then my my buddy big austin and shots like we would always travel around go to different cities or snowmobile build jumps that sort of stuff um and then basically, they would pay for your travel and give you gear. Okay. But you were like living the brokest life ever, right? You're, right, 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 right. you're a stunt monkey for them. <laughs> right. You get gear, and then it's like you're selling half of the gear just to like make a little bit of extra money. So you're always like on like the hustle, like like Mount Hood Meadows is like uh, or uh, Timberline on Mount Hood. Every mm. summer we lived on Mount Hood. Would either teach or work at the snowboard camp where you teach all these little kids. And then you basically can snowboard every day. And then you sell your gear to all these little camper kids that you get for free. They call it coaches sale. And so it's like all your stuff oh from God. the whole year. You're, wow. and, and I mean, you're not making that much on it. Right. But, and they're getting an awesome deal too on, on cool right. stuff. Right. It's cool. They look up. Right. That's the thing. It's double for them. It's yeah. cool. Stuff. Dude, they go back home. Dude, Seth, kids. Yeah. That's my guy. This is his, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it was, I mean, but... Wait, that's what a fucking great hustle for the fucking... Oh, dude. Companies, man. Well, it was crazy. I don't even know how they got away with it, to be honest. Because, like, when you were a snowboard coach, you pretty much got paid, like, jack shit to teach kids for seven to ten days. Okay. And then, uh, but you got free living, free board, free food, and a pass to snowboard every day. And then you just had to teach these kids. And you're like, this is fucking rad. But yeah, yeah that's how they get you. Yeah, it keeps you in the culture. You're right, around right, your friends. Right, right. You're snowboarding every day. You're getting better. You know, so it's like, it's worth it. But then like, especially now when you get older and you look back, you're like, dang, man, they they had the deal. <laughs> right? Yeah. They had the deal. But, yeah. But it sounds, I mean, but like, I mean, that's like the experience. I mean, think about, I think about like even an artist, right? Like people have number one hits, mm -hmm. right? People who are big, 
or even not, or people who are big in hip hop, like, or there's all genres, right? <clears throat> like we got, um, I'm in town for Grenache Fest. This will air. Grenache will happen. But like, but like, you look at a uh, uh, Malcolmus and yeah. Pavement, right? I mean, I'm sure there are people who think they were better than Pearl Jam and Nirvana, right? Like, but like, it's all the marketing shit comes into play. Totally, they all come up at the same fucking time, yeah. you know. I, I, I mean, and you know, in California, you had oh, what's that? There's a document. Have you seen the Fishbone documentary? No, you gotta watch that one. What's that on? Um, I think it's on Netflix. Netflix but, but, but like they have, you know, Ketis, the Red Hot Chili's Flea. Yeah. They're like, we, we, we were just being Fishbone. Right. Well, it's like kind of like that. Like, God, I, I still don't even know how Apple did this, but you too. Yeah. yeah. How the hell do we have his, his album on all of our phones? I don't know how he did that. Nothing pisses me off more than when I get in my car and somehow YouTube just starts playing when I plug it in. I, I like I hate YouTube because of this. But uh, like for instance, it's like his story is pretty wild. Like on how like they became big, you know. And it's just like it, all of that is like there's so much chance and luck and right place there at really the right is. time. <clears throat> just like there really is being able to put on at the right time is a lot. Yeah, and and and. So speaking, but like, so the X Games, you said you came up on X Games. I remember, remember first on X Games when I was like, this is not any Olympic sports, right? No. <laughs> so fucking skateboarding and these, yeah. these are just crazy people yeah, yeah. hugging them. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but you kind of grew up on that. So while you were on the circuit, did you come across any of those guys that kind of been your heroes? Oh yeah, no, we've met like. I mean, pretty much since every, it's a small community and you go to Mount Hood, you know, in the summertime. Okay. At some point, all the biggest guys are coming there. You, know? you say so, Mount Hood, I'm looking for Suge Knight and shit, but like. <laughs> but Mount, like <laughs> Mount Hood's like basically the only place in America to snowboard in the summertime. So you oh, get on okay. a glacier and it's like, the morning time it's freaking cold, but then it warms up to like 50, 60 degrees. And so you're off the mountain by three but it's sunny every day because of that. And it's like an hour from Portland. But basically, right. all the snowboard camps, the ski wow. camps, all the Olympic people train. It's just like every year up on the glacier, that's that's a spot you go. Or you go to Europe. Okay. You know? Like, okay. So it's that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Um, this I love learning new shit, man. Yeah. Um, tell me about, speaking of learning new shit, man, what do you, how do, what's the treatment on this wine, which is delicious, and we had a couple of things go, but what's, what's yeah. going on here, man? Yeah, so the Roussan is, uh, I mean, my favorite Roussan is, I mean, there's, there's lots of good examples, but, I mean, it's hard to beat, like, the VAV and Bocastel Roussan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we do quite a bit of new oak on this. This is about 50% new oak. Doesn't show, though. Yeah, it's, it's, we're not trying to get, like, impact of like oak no. aroma right right we just want the texture right. and the expansiveness and yep. some of that tannin um but it's basically 50 percent new oak in 500 liter bigger barrels and then uh a little bit of a terracotta egg and then uh one neutral barrel so this is fun this is good stuff man people need to drink more roussard and grenache people I need to drink more own stuff dude I, it's crazy because it's like for someone who's priced out of a lot of like, you know, the top end wines. Right. It's like you can still score a lot of the high higher end, like good whites from Rome. Right. They're expensive. Right. But like they're still obtainable and like relatively I can splurge on them, you yeah. know? But when you try like some of the really nice whites that are Rome whites from Washington and they're made in that t style. You know, this is full mallow, right. unfiltered, right. unfined. 
dude, some of those kick ass. Right. Like, and especially for the price comparison. Well, you got. I'm, like, I'm always a. I'm always a QPR kind of guy. <clears throat> I think that's why I've always stayed in the room because I've never scored it big in life. And, and, and like, literally, you can get you can get a you can get a, a hundred point wine. Yeah. For sometimes eighty nine bucks totally. out of Rome. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. or or the worst case, you know. Or you know, or like, or like, even, or two fifty. So what? That same bottle from Bordeaux. Or first of all, I ain't never had a hundred point burgundy. I don't know if it even happens because this burgundy is so fucking hard to do. Right. People pay. People pay fucking five thousand dollars for a ninety three point nine two point bottle of burgundy. That's that, insane for me, man. It's it's pretty like your brain only has so much capacity in wine. <laughs> you know, it's like, people are like, oh, you don't know, like, this or that. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm learning every day, right? Right. Rhone, it's like, I still don't even know everything. But at least I can focus, can, like, buy a lot of the good stuff. Right. And, like, you know, we make it, too, so it's, you know, that that's important to me. But uh, Burgundy is one of those things where it's like, I almost brought, I, I almost brought a Chablis just because I was like, that's what I like drinking. Yeah, you know, no, like, it's so funny. Uh, like, we're talking about Don Burns. He likes Chablis too, like yeah. a lot. Of, yeah, but anyway, yeah, that would be nice. But I'm, I'm actually glad you didn't because this is, this is really good, man. I haven't had, a, I, haven't, I mean, I've had a Roussan from someone else out here. It was good, but this is really giving me, like, it's got that bull castella. It's got that unctuousness, and um, it's such a texture wine. Yeah, you know, you got to have the right texture with Roussan, and then it's like it's so low acid. You have to have that texture and tannin that backs it up. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you're rip roaring it up on Mount Hood, um, and when did that kind of wind down? Did you do that all through college, or was like halfway through college, like you know what? Um, no. So, I was always pretty good. In like, I would say like my like my mindset in snowboarding and even with our our video parts and stuff that we filmed is like, I would say, like, for the success and what I did with snowboarding comparatively to some of my friends, I didn't have as much natural skill maybe as some people, but I always worked harder or Talented you know it, it, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know I would, I mean, there's a lot of stuff even before that where it was like. Know, I would be doing stuff on my own with my buddy Sam, who lives in LA, and we'd be like filming and doing all this stuff without even having the crew, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, because we loved it, you know. And, and and there's nothing better than like looking back and like, because you'll do the same trick and you'll land it four times, but you want to land it perfect with the right style, that your arms flailing, you know, all the stuff. It's kind of like wine. It's like you can make a good wine, but you know when you like nailed. Right. right, you know, and so, uh, yeah, it's snowboarding to me is like we always did that, but then, like, like I've torn both my ACLs. Oh. I have two plates and twelve screws in my right ankle, and that the ankle one was like that was like the end because it was kind of like if you're not like pro by like twenty twenty one, you're scratching still, you know, like they know it, it, when you're eighteen nineteen, you're kind of like you're either in the funnel. And yep. someone's really pumping yep. you up, yep. or you're just kind of right there on the radar, and you need something big to happen, right? And so, uh, I tore one ACL when I was 16, tore another one when I was like 20, 20, mm-hmm. 20 or 19, and then I was like, all right, I'll give it like one more year, like just switched from like, 
I had been like with Ride Snowboards forever, and I went to Nitro Snowboards, and uh, their team manager like I was trying to like get on their AM program where they really put you on, promote you, pay for you to be in the videos and stuff. And it was like my first trip that winter, I shattered my ankle, and so uh, that was kind of like it's kind of one of those like life things where you're like you're mad that it happened, but you're like I, I know this isn't me now. You know, it was yeah. like a life-changing yep. injury, yep. and I was dating Audrey at that time, and it's like, you're gone in the wintertime, and you're sleeping on couches, and you're just always doing, like, you know, you're grinding so hard, you're like, 21, recovering, you're kind of out of it, you know, and it's like yeah. that realization you gotta come to, you know, you're like, you know... Probably not going to be a professional basketball player playing at the community college. You yeah. know, some kids. Yeah, don't no, think that no, no. Not saying that you can't. With no, the right but, um, it's but not. I mean, and that's. I mean, I, people get. I did D one sports, and I kept getting. And like people, first of all, I think we love America. We love sports. I guess the world, but yeah. we, we love our sports, right? But I think people don't understand like high level athleticism, like what it takes. Yeah. Like, like. Like, people like, your snowboard, like, I'm not trying to have my fucking ankle shattered, bro. Dude, people nowadays, it's like, they're like, they're straight, working out every day, having personal trainers, like, like, having, like, scientific, like, people that are judging speeds, because right, right. they're flipping so much, right, right, and right. Just all the stuff that was not around, right, right, right. <laughs> like, progression is insane, right, so it's like, to progress, you almost have to have a team on your team. Well, now, you know? yeah, yeah, it's insane. It must be insane. Yeah. And I wouldn't even think it, I mean, I didn't think, I, w I would not have thought, but once you're talking about sports, you're talking about money, I mean, yeah. so, um, you know, and sports is all built on idols. Who, who, Who's cool? Who do the kids idolize, right. right? And so, yeah, I mean, but if you look at those, like, like the NBA, baseball, but those dudes all in the 70s, Smoking. Oh yeah, cigarettes. <laughs> when, when I was like snowboarding, it was like like at the beginning of like the street phase. So we would like go to like Calgary, Canada, and all we would do is hit handrails the oh, whole yeah. time yeah. Um, and stuff like that. And it's like we did that because of skateboarding, right? You know, yeah. and, and, and skateboarding was half marketing, where it's like basically you don't give a shit. You smoke cigs, right. you drink beer right. while, right. while right. you're right. skating right. every day. Right. We were at, like, the tail end of that okay. in our snowboarding. So it was very much, like, like I mean, you know, my friends are, I, if, I, if I smoke weed, I'm, like, a, a slug. Right. You know, right. like, right. I can't right. snowboard and do that. But I have friends that literally, like, that's all they do all day and then kill it, you know? Like, and, like, I would drink beers, you know, and stuff, like, and, and go out snowboarding. And that's just, like, what we did. And then it's, like, now you look at it and it's, like, you might be somewhat of a personality doing that, but you're not working hard enough right. if you're doing it. Too many kids are too good. You, yeah. you got to put in so much more effort. Oh, my that. God. Oh, my God. I mean, and then even to go way back, like being a kid, like when, when I was a kid. So, Bo Jackson, I mean, obviously he was away from him, but he played three, four fucking sports. Yeah. That's what we did back in my day. Like, you played different sports. That was your cross training. You're gifted. And right, you just right, keep on right, playing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And now, I mean, and now it's like, I don't even, I don't even think, I don't like the specialization, like a, a kid at seven years old just playing one sport. It is kind of. It's kind of, it takes. And it's year round. And it's year round. Yeah. And to your point, 
99.999% of those kids aren't going to go even D1. No. So let them be a freaking kid on yeah, the level. Play it. Look, yeah. why, why not? Then that's what my dad always said. He's like, you know, you're athletic. If you want to play football, you can start in high school. You know, because yeah. it's like there's plenty of kids that, you know, they started playing Coach talked them. Coach talked them in. Yeah, that's like. And then there was if you're athletic, coach talks you into playing football. All of a sudden, you go out there, you're pretty good. You know, like and then oh, you yeah. can learn if, it. If you you're know. fast, yeah. I mean, but I've seen dudes who like to get who could have went further in track, sure, than football. They I mean, get pop, right, and then they're not good in track anymore. Like, like, literally, there would probably be parents now where they look at, like, they'd be me. I'm, right. like, 5'9". Right. You know? They'd right. be like, well, my kid's not even, I'm not even going to put him in basketball. Right. You know? It's right. like, dude, basketball's so fun. You're not right. going right. like, right. to, try and let your kid right. play just because he's short. You know, like, all you're looking for is, like, a return on your son as an athlete. You know? like, <laughs> so messed up. Like, you know, I don't since 5'9". He's not 6'0". Yeah. That's, that's bullshit. People, yeah, that's they, true. He, I've stood next to him. He's 5'9". I'm 5'9". <laughs> <laughs> five nine five different to stay white. Yeah. Except I couldn't. His shorts. Over, I, like I, 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 I couldn't dunk over people for seven foot tall. That's true. And 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 I wasn't tough enough to drive the lane like he used to drive the lane. Fearless. And you know when we talk about football. If you watch Iverson and him, Iverson, they say he was a better football player than basketball player. Right. He was Michael Vick before Michael Vick because Michael Vick we just watching them from the same place, Newport yeah. News. Yeah. And so and then then there is just that the athlete, but then people. Get, got mad at Iverson because he was a good athlete, you know, in the whole practice thing. He's like, he's like, do you know how good I am? It's kind of one of those weird things where it's like, even at his day and age, you know, it's like, if he took as many shots as Steph Curry did in the gym every day, oh. you, you think he would win, win championships? I, I don't know. I don't, you don't know. I don't know. But a guy like Iverson, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, that would, I love this digression. I mean, because, like, I get into this, like, people like, I saw a video. Yeah, I was said in the video. He's like, people, man, people talking about best ever. LeBron's like, why Kobe's not in the college? He's like, Kobe was the killer. Right. Kobe was the killer. Kobe was like, outworked everybody. Dude, dude have you heard the the thing about Kobe listening to the Michael Myers music? Before? Yes, yeah, yeah. That is the nastiest thing ever. And it just makes so much sense yeah. because you see, you see his face in the yeah, games yeah. and you're like, that guy, like, that ball that went in the hoop was his way of killing. Yeah, like exactly. literally, right. he, he he wanted to yep. kill. Yep, he, like, he and and uh, yeah, and I, and actually, somebody said Jordan versus Kobe. Somebody's like, I it's you go, but it's somebody big. They're like, I'm taking Kobe because mentality wise, I mean, I mean, comparing him and Jordan's just stupid. It's stupid, it's but but at the same time, like. I mean, because I think the advantage Kobe yeah. would have, it'd be great. JJ's, JJ, please comment on this. Please listen to this podcast. I would love to have a real NBA analyst. Isaiah, same thing. You guys, you guys who played, yeah. uh, but I, I'm just spitballing. I make this shit up like no. Yeah. But the fact that Joe Bryant played, I think, gave some of. I mean, I don't know how good Michael Jordan was in sports, and Michael was obviously the best all the rings. But I think watching someone play at the high highest level might give you a little. A little different. Not, I know it gives you a different perspective. Would it be enough? I don't know. But you hear the stories about yeah. both of them, and they're so freaking competitive. Oh, yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah, both those two had the work ethic right, exactly. and the competitiveness right. before that was like 
what kids are like, oh shit, this is what I got to do. Right, you know, right, like, right. So, so two forty. <laughs> anyway, you know what, man? Probably a good time to take a quick break because we've been off the rails. <laughs> I love it. But me too. But that's what we do here. Yeah, you know how we do. So we'll be right back in a few with uh, with more Seth Kids. Did you know that I've been to Walla Walla, Washington three times in the past year? I had the honor of doing a live podcast out there last November. Then I was invited back to be the keynote speaker at the Walla Walla Wine Alliance annual Celebrate Merlot Festival in July. And I was recently there for the first annual Grenache Fest. Guess what? I'll be back in April of 2024 because for the first time ever, Hospice Rhone will take place outside of the central coast of California and will be held at various locations in downtown Walla Walla. These are exciting times for what is still an under-the-radar wine region. With events like these, it won't be long before the world comes knocking. Do yourself a favor and visit this gym of a wine region before the word gets out. Go to wallawallawine.com for more information and begin planning your trip today. Okay, we're back. So, um, I'm going to finish up this little bit of a yeah. song, which is delicious. But something you had said when we were talking about Smash Your Ankle, 20 years old, you <laughs> said, I started dating Audrey. Yeah. Um, luckiest thing that's probably happened to me. Um, um, yeah. Tell people about... So, where'd you meet Audrey, who is now your wife? Yes. And um, your partner. Yeah, so uh, Audrey and I met at Central. Okay. Um, so... Got lucky. She's actually her family's from Oregon originally, okay. but uh, uh, moved up to Tri Cities area and uh, has been here pretty much. I forget most of her life, right? Okay. You know, so she, I think she moved up here when she's like eight or six or something like that. Um, but we didn't know each other in high school because Tri Cities was just big enough where there's like five, four, four A high schools, and you didn't hang out with the other ones, right? right. You know. Right. Um, so I didn't know her in high school, and then, uh, you know, she was always, uh, um, it, it's funny, it's like we, she lived with my buddy Shaw, that I traveled and snowboarded with every year, um, his girlfriend, and now wife. So, I knew Shaw and Jenna well, and I was always like, yo, you know, and then pretty much I just remember her just one time being like, yeah, don't change, but I'll just probably never date a guy like you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, when it comes to the competitive atmosphere right, right. and everything, I was like, and at that time it was like, you know, I was just snowboarder, kind of party boy yep. or whatever. Um, it's like you're fun. You're yeah, cute. you're fun, but like you're not serious, yeah. you know. Like, um, and so that's you know that was like I was like I remember like leaving my room just being like shit, I'm gonna make that girl fall in love with me, you know. Like I, you know, it's just like such a challenge, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, um, and she's the best, you know. It's like it's worked out so well. And um, uh, what yeah. was she majoring in? Because she came from ag background too uh public health so she did public health okay and then uh um worked in that for a little bit in seattle before doing uh she was like an executive assistant for a vc firm for a while so kind of nothing to do with her degree right yeah it seems like that's how it works with college yeah so college are pretty interesting that uh yeah yeah 80 percent of people probably don't do shit related to their degree i would say um and i have Two degrees, 
and I worked in education, and I was trying to tell kids, uh, anyway. Um, what are we drinking now? Because this is something different. We got some red in the glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is actually a wine we haven't released yet that I'm super stoked. You're the first person I've shared it with. Yo, so, we're uh, back. No, that's either, we're back to uh, how the, the BWG used to be, man. People yeah. Be bringing this so this is actually... Uh, a birth Sage's birthday, so it's uh, my daughter's birthday. Okay, is that a picture of Sage on Yeah, so oh, that's a picture right. of us walking the vineyard, and uh, she loves eating the grapes and stuff. But uh, nothing special. It's just called Sage's wine. But um, we don't do a bunch of blends for upside down. It's okay. like single vineyard yeah. stuff. So we kind of went with the approach of you know your more famous vineyards that are blending um, sites throughout. So we basically said no barrels off limits. Okay. In the winery. Okay. Well, all, yeah, it's, it's daddy's little girl. It's all like, I'm doing is making the absolute best wine I can for the year. Um, and so this is a blend of French Creek Grenache, Weather Eye Grenache, uh, Mavedra from Andrew's family, and of course Seven Hills, and then Syrah from um, Equus Vineyard in, in North Yakima Valley. This is fucking tasty. Thanks. It's a 21 is a big year. You know, it's like, I would say most of our stuff tends to be a little bit more restrained, yeah. more whole cluster, more aromatic <laughs> right. focused. The 21s though are like... Dude, let it be itself. The, the, it, yeah. Because this is... It's, it's good. It's, it's rich. Good. It's, it's big. Rich. And it's probably... I mean, it's a lot of... It's some 600 liter Austrian oak and then two new 300 liter... Um, barrels so it has a little bit more oak on it than we would normally put on like a Grenache blend or something but at the same time it's like I want this wine to be good 20, yeah. 21 years or 20 19 years you know so uh, the idea was I think try and make up. something big it's got it's got the fruit structure for sure that's delicious um so we're talking about Artie so you break that ankle you, you guys did now you both graduated were you finished because you said yeah. you okay um and and then uh you made her fall in love with you I tricked her I know I know um we all do it's only way she, 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 she loves it. she loves kind unless of, you have a lot of money the only way yes. you feel married you gotta trick her <laughs> she, yeah yeah that's true. <laughs> she, lo- she loves like kind of like the like cause it, even in college she took some wine classes in college okay. and, she, and she'll be like oh yeah you know and stuff like his parents had a winery you know like <laughs> stuff like that my parents paid a guy to make our wine, you know, and had a small vineyard, and then it's like they had a tasting room in their garage, you know. Like, so, but to her, she's like, "Oh, they, they only wine." And then she visited one time. She's like, "Oh, no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is probably a little different than yeah, what she yeah, thought." Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, so you guys decided to move to Seattle together, right? You, you guys moved over to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, like I said, she had did uh, some public health stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she also was an executive assistant at a VC. What were you doing for, uh, what were you doing with your fine degree while you were in Seattle? I managed a play against sports. Have you heard of those? <laughs> yes, I live in Santa Barbara, yes. Okay, yeah, It's yeah. where people bring their used equipment, yeah. you know, buy their snowboards, their golf clubs, yeah. everything. Basketballs, volleyball, I mean, and, it, and you, name it. you name it. It's literally like. Oh man, dude! It's I, have so, I have so many stories. Yeah, come on, please! Oh my God, playing <laughs> in sports. Like, cause, cause it was like the number one hockey shop in Seattle. Okay. And Seattle's like, um, the one thing is like, hockey gear is expensive, and as a kid, you're always growing. So hockey is like big right. and played against sports. And I think they actually are from the Midwest. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
So I'd be buying used hockey gear, skis, snowboards, all yeah. that stuff. Um, and, uh, dude, it was like the amount of times I had to call the cops. One, because meth heads are stealing shit trying to sell oh it my all God. the time. Bikes, oh everything. Dude, there was a dude who would come with chain cutters and cut the bikes from midday. Like, because you sell This is the middle of the day. You just walk in. You sell new stuff, too. This is on yeah. Aurora Avenue in Seattle. So if anyone knows, like, us <laughs> listening from Seattle, it's like Aurora is the area where it's like, you're like, oh, hey, you know, what are you doing over there? You know? Um, so, dude, it, it, was, it was an experience. It was, you know, it was good. I, I, dude, I remember like tearing through bags and just like the nastiest jock strap. I was gonna oh, say, yeah, because like, dude, like, like, cause, like it's like, like, equipment. Do people, dude, people don't wash it. Like, oh, hey, no. oh. oh no, it is so nasty. Like, <laughs> used hockey gear, like it smells okay. Used worse hockey than gear, anything you could. I, I'm just trying to think of. So you have all these clothes on, and then you're sweating them. Yeah. Cold sweat, too. Like yeah. it's cold out. Oh. I, I think that has to make something smell. Oh. And then you put it. I think in it a, crystallizes it, the funk crystals in well, the. And then you put it in a bag, <laughs> and you go home, and then half the kids forget to open their bag to like dry it out. It, dude, it is. It hockey gear is foul. But that shit blew off the shelves. Oh yeah. Oh, oh so, my god. So it was like played against sports. So, oh my god. Yeah that that was just that was just one. I mean I I can't even. Can't even remember. Man. So why? I mean, but again, was it because it kept you attached to like sports and snowboarding, or just you know, or just like it was? Like, I love her. I will do anything to be with her. I think it was just like you're at a stage where you're like looking for a grown up job, you know. Yeah. And then it's like I I always worked for Snowboard Connection, which was the shop I rode for yeah. in Seattle, and uh, they're like the OG snowboard shop, RIP. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like. I, I, I was never going to manage that because there was, like, you know, so many people in front of me. Like, my buddy Adam did it. And people have been there, like, in the industry. They want to live that life, and they've been there for 20 years. You yeah, know? like, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, like, there's this opportunity. You know, they sell, they sell snowboards and, and hockey. I, pl- I still play hockey every once in a while and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, I'll try this out. So it was just kind of like a part of, like, growing up, getting a, you know, a job that's like salary and just everything, you know, it's your first thing. And then, uh, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know if I want to do, (laughs) you know, going from like someone that like works in outside or on farms. And then Seattle was just different. It was fun. You wanted to live there and you wanted to eat good food, hang out with your friends, go out at night and have drinks and stuff. But Seattle's expensive, you know, so cities are expensive. Yeah, exactly. Cities are expensive. So, I think people don't realize that, right? Like, Yeah. So it was just one of those yeah. things where we did it, and then... Uh, but you started working in restaurants here, right? Is that correct? I did restaurants, too. I did restaurants before I did that job. Okay, so, so what restaurants did you work in? It was called Blue Acre Seafood. It was downtown. Kevin Davis had, like, three restaurants uh, okay. in Seattle pre-COVID. Uh, another IRP. You know, COVID screwed him. Oh, yeah. It's a- but, uh... But, uh, so I did that, and I was back to the house, like, Expo, and it was a pretty, okay. pretty big restaurant, and that was, uh, um, super fun, and I really liked it, and that allowed me to work, you know, a five to ten job and snowboard during the day and still be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was definitely that time in my life where you just weren't letting go of the dream, you know, you're still trying to be in it, you know, and then I'd say that's where the restaurant industry part came in. Right. Um. Then you're drinking good wine, you know, you're doing, eating good food, getting acquainted with, like, that 
side of life you didn't really know it existed. Like, I mean, growing up in Tri Cities, it's like, you know, we went to there was no, there was, there was no we went to Outback Ribs for my birthday. I, <laughs> I would eat as many ribs as I could. You know, that was like nice dining. You exactly. know, like um, it was Rustler Steakhouse for us. Hell and yeah, Sizzlers. Like, yeah, yeah. We get the ribeye. Yeah, yeah. Fucking good. Yeah. And so that that was kind of, but at this place it was like. It was like oysters, ahi, you know, like yeah. it was all the stuff I had never had yeah, yeah. that you eat and you're just like, damn, this is good. Yeah. Um, so, and then at that, at, at that point, I, I kind of was like, okay, this isn't long term. Your hours are always up and down, you yeah. know, like Audrey was getting good jobs, you know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit, I got to keep up. I can't screw this one up, you know? So then I'm going to, then I got that played again sports okay. job and I did that for like, a couple years went, and then basically my mom got di- diagnosed with Parkinson's, and so I was kind of like the only kid that really worked in the vineyard growing up. So they're like, "Hey, you know, like, mm-hmm. who wants to take over? Do you want to do this?" Mm-hmm. And I liked wine. I enjoyed working in the vineyard. I still would go back in the summers and work in the vineyards, and I was kind of doing wine events for them in Seattle and stuff like that. Um, so I was like, "Yeah, you know, that is an awesome." opportunity uh their winery is tiny and i'm like i don't know how i'm really gonna like make money in this but at that time i didn't know that right you know because it's until you start doing sales and wine and realizing like how much margin is actually there uh you're like okay so i got into it was selling wine for them Mm -hmm. but i realized really quick i was like you know i should probably go to wine school i need to learn more about this because i i there's one thing, it's like, I love doing stuff, but I hate sucking at stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah. I was like, I got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, so I went to the Northwest Wine Academy that had a program there for winemaking. Uh, Is that in Tri-Cities? That's in Seattle. In that's West in Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, talk about that because I've been here, this is like my third time here, and so many people in the Valley... I know they have a community college has an incredible program. Mm. And then early you did talk about Washington state had a program, which they didn't always have, right. It kind of evolved with the industry. Yeah. Okay. So, um, talk about this program and kind of like the focus of this program. Yeah. This was like a two year program where you could either do like the sales, like the startup, like kind of, you know, your West set, just like educational stuff. And then you could also do the wine making. And they actually had a nice little winery uh, that was built there. And then they'd get grapes from Eastern Washington. And I was like, all right, well, I want to do that because we have grapes. I just need to learn how to make it. You know, because we're paying this dude $50,000 a year to make our wine. Um, so, That's my money. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 50K for me. Yeah, 100%. You know, you're like looking at the biggest place you can cut it out, right? You know? So, um, and there's just something like cool about it. You know, I realized like even working having my friends in the restaurant industry, it's like there's not that many people in the world that can say that they planted a vineyard and make wine from it. That's really true. You know, there's yeah. tons of kids and generational winemakers, right, right. but like kind yeah. of seeing something flourish like you, and then making wine yeah, from yeah, it's like, different. Yeah, I don't think you have a vineyard, but Justin Harmon talks about Argo and Sonoma about uh, moving. Like he started like in 2012, Sonoma, it's like insane. Yeah. We talk about Donnie Burns, Donnie Burns now, yeah. um, you know, starting to acquire some stuff and it's, it's, it, it, it is, it's different. Like it's like, and look what we talk, we talk about, we talk about billion dollar deals, yeah. 70 million, you know, like, 
you know, Dan Petrosi, I'm so happy for Dan. Don't even own any vineyards and you can still build a brand. And I'm so happy for him. So, like, to actually plan a vineyard like you're talking about, that's like, that's like the American wine dream. And, like, the way you did it, too, because you got, you come out, you're not, you're not coming, like, you didn't come out, like, your family didn't have this money to, like, millions of dollars back in the day to do this. It was like, right. it's like, I'm slinging cherries and apples to feed my, my family. That's what your grandfather's doing, you know? Totally. It's, and so it's kind of like a, it goes back to the, that farming mentality of, like, you're working hard for it, you know? And it's, yeah. and to this day, it's like, our team at the winery, it's like, we, we're tiny, you know, we only make, like, 3,000 cases of wine, and, you know, probably only grow... 15 tons of fruit but we do all the work in the vineyard you know like it's like you don't we're not big enough to have a crew you know so it's like sometimes i call up my buddy damon that you know farms for todd and i'm like damon i need some help i'm behind you know so like i have my like oh shit people that will help me out right? right but but we do a lot of it by hand ourselves and it won't always be that way but i'm like really thankful for doing it still to this day, even when it's a pain in my ass, because it's like, no one can ever talk shit about me. You know, like we farm grapes and we make wine, you know, like, like to be honest, it's like, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, can, can talk crap about someone, you know, and like say that they had the upper hand, but it's like, and, and I'm sure people say that probably, you know, Seth's family had a winery. It's like, dude, my, my family made like 400 cases of wine with like two acres, yeah. you know, like it wasn't a wine, yeah. you know, like it, it was, it was a winery, yeah. but it, you know, yeah. Not you're not making a living, right? So it's like, yeah, I had a stepping stone, and I'm super fortunate for it. But like, I love being able to like put your head down, just grind on what you're doing, and then looking up in a few years, and then even every once in a while, me and Audrey are like, well, you know, why do we do this? But then we like look at like you know what you've done the last few years. You're like, it's pretty badass, you know. And if we can support this lifestyle that we want to live mm-hmm. with our children, mm-hmm. that's all that matters. You know, we don't need to make a bunch of money. Right. We just want to have a lifestyle, make really good wine, and raise our kids, you know, which is all you can ask for. Nice. So So it's a two-year program. So you mentioned your mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Did you go into the program before she had a diagnosis? Uh, Was it concurrent? How? What was it kind of like? Because, you know, you you were, dude, you you were finding, like, the the most... Fragrant of jock straps in your consignments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was uh, I quite the bouquet. Yeah, you, <clears throat> and it's like the job that you still get the perks, right? You know, you get to go ski for two days. Exactly. And it's just like all the the stuff. Get to no. cherry pick all the stuff yeah. that comes in too. Plus, oh, get your discount on top. Of I, it. I, would, I would, I would, what? I would literally like buy stuff. I get like Scotty Cameron putters for like nothing. You know, <laughs> like Audrey, I'd bring a kayak home on your little. Why do, you, why do you have a kayak? Just 30 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. We don't buy those for the store, but I, I thought that was cool. We could go out on Lake Union. You know? <laughs> it was funny. but uh, so, so, yeah. So, was it... Yeah, you, it was... You were thinking about wine, or they, they, you got the calls, like, you know, then I guess I need to learn this. It was after. Okay. Yeah, after. it was... Because I was pro... I was, I was procrastinating, you know? Like, I knew that at some point... I would probably get more involved mm-hmm. than I already was. And at that point I was just doing sales stuff um, and the pourings at the wine shops, that sort of crap. And then, uh, and then when 
that was like kind of the serious conversation where it's like, you know, because I, I went from like salary job to being like, hey, Audrey, can can I go to school? You know, like yeah, yeah. back to school. I'm right, like, I, right. I said I was never going back to school, right, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was afterwards. And uh-huh. yeah. And so once you do decide to do this and um, and you're, you're going to come home. So Audrey's like getting, you said she's getting jobs, man. Like, um what was the conversation like when it was like, all right, I'm going to move home and, oh, let me back. We, when did you guys get married? Were you married at that point or still there? Um, we were married at okay. that point. Okay. So, yeah, she was stuck with me then. Yeah. <laughs> it was 2012. Well, she like, was stuck-ish. Yeah, yeah, stuck-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was committed. Okay. You know, she, was, she was committed for the ride. You know? Okay, yeah. Uh, she got, we got married on the vineyard in, okay. in September. So my mom's like, it's going to be pretty. The grapes are going to be on the vine, you know, everything. And it was a blast of a wedding. We had like 200 people on the vineyard. People are camping in tents on the vineyard, nice. you know. But uh, um, yeah, recommendation to anyone wanting to be in the production side of winemaking, do not get married in the fall time. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Your yeah. wife will be much happier with you if you don't have an anniversary during harvest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of, you kind of, you shit the bed off. Yeah, she gets the short end of the stick. On but it's September. September. Yeah. My, my, our anniversary is in September. September is the month to get married, dude. It's an awesome month to get married because it's like it's like the weather's cooled down. You got some ch- some changes in the leaves. It's just it's beautiful for the photos and everything. Yeah. But not if you're a winemaker. No, and I didn't. Not moving forward. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't plan on it at that point. Oh, that's for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, uh, you guys moved back. Uh, well, you yeah, because she was from here too. Yeah. Um, so, it was kind of, that was like the nice part, you know. We weren't like splitting, you yeah. know, or like going to closer to one person. Yeah, so it was like they were they were like they were probably happy for her to come home too. Yeah. yeah. And it's I mean, we were married for like eight years without kids. Yeah. You know, so it was like um you know, we just we had a blast in Seattle. It was getting more expensive. We're yeah. like, we wanna buy a home. Oh shit, we're not millionaires. Yeah. I guess we need to like look outside of the city. Like, so why people like, why'd you leave Santa Barbara? I said, Because I wanted to have a house. One day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But not my name's not Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's it's wild. So I, we were looking like, yeah, because I made the first vintage of wine that I actually made was in Woodenville. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trucking the grapes over, you're scheduling your picks six days in advance, like all this stuff. And I remember like even the year before when I was working up there for another winery, it was like my favorite part of the days was when I was unloading the bins out of the semi trucks. You smell all the fresh cut stems, all the dirt, and I'm just like, man, like this is what I know, yeah. and I'm missing out on the whole entire part that I really do know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, after doing that one vintage, I was like, this is messed up. We got to move to back to the vineyards. Most people are trying to find a job to get out of the city and make a living, and we have it sitting know, right, right there. Right? You know, like yeah. it was kind of one of those things where. And logistically, it's like, dude, if you want to make great wine, you're not scheduling your picks a week in advance. You know, like, no, no, shit can no, change no, like no, that. Exactly. Like, I mean, especially when you're doing Viognier, especially with Grenache. Grenache, Grenache like, can go from 14% alcohol oh, yeah. to 18% alcohol in like three fucking hours. Oh, yeah. I learned that from Philippe Cam. He was like, it could go. Yeah. Like, you can't because it just. You have to, like, and every winemaker is different and we live in a country where you can do whatever the hell you want to your wine right yep. so that there's that side of it but I'm like you know if we're gonna do 
what I wanted to do, which is, you know, like all native yeast and try not to adjust things and all the stuff that like, to me, put a real vineyard into a bottle. Um, you got to be able to walk that vineyard like twice a week. You're tasting the grapes, you know, you're seeing it, you're seeing the canopies, they're telling you when they're shutting down, you know, like there's so many things that you, you just can't look at a pH and a TA and bricks on it. Oh, I tasted it two weeks ago. You know, like you can make, you're still going to make good wine. Don't get me wrong. You can still make really good wine. I'm not trying to poo-poo on anyone that does that because I realize the logistics just of winemaking are hard. Yeah. But like if you want to make the best wine, you can't do that. Right. You know, right. and I, I'm not trying to make the best wine. It's just like best to yourself. You know? Yeah. No, I think, I, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a very subjective term. Right. However, after... We've been talking for well over an hour. You are trying to make the best wine because that's just in your DNA. So if you're doing something, you want to do the you you want to do it the best you could possibly do it. Sure, and and that's different to every other person. And that's every person, yeah. yeah. But to your point, I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, getting to know so many winemakers more intimately through the podcast and how I've known them for years, though, just being around the business. Um, there is that thing of like, um, there's nothing like, you know, like the state vineyards are completely different, right? Because I know some great wine makers and they got to run all over the state of like California, you know, cause they do, they do like one person doing like 10 or a dozen different single vineyard Zinfandels, right? Yeah. And I'm up in Amador and I'm down here and I'm, and I'm in some weird vineyard in San Benito and I'm, and I, there's six in... Sonoma that I and you run around versus like when I sat down with Mark Alice from Ledge and he was like it, it had to be a state that way he could control it right yeah. that way he could you know he he knew and 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 not poop pooing anybody y'all guys so many people make great wines but like but when you don't have a team but they have, also people have teams, teams like yeah yeah they 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 they've trained their system winemaker. They can they can be in two places at one time. Totally. And when you got the good team and right. you're like the head winemaker, but you literally are just in the vineyards every day, right. and right. you got the crew to really help you do it. Right. That's a different. Right. You know, and you got the yeah. yeah, the vineyard manager yeah. who's like who's worked with you and knows you like yo you 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 know who will call you like you need to come down here. Today. I don't know where you're going yeah. today. Yeah. But you better come check this out, right? right. So it's there's there's that and. You know, I'm that romantic guy with the wine thing. Where like, yeah, like, like it's like, yeah, I, I, I feel what you, what you're putting down, man. You know what I mean? Um, so you guys come back, families, breeze, blah, blah, blah. Um, like, what was when you? What was your family's label? Did you change it initially? Like, what was your family? What was the, what was that 400 case? Yeah. And somebody else make the wine. What was uh, that? Kitsky Cellars. So that's that's Kitsky so, Cellars. Yeah. So Kitsky, uh, our last name, yep. you know, and uh, my parents' fam, like our our house and the house that I spent a lot of time growing up on, is in the Candy Mountain AVA of Washington State. Okay. So Red Mountain's the smallest AVA until Candy Mountain got approved. So Red Mountain was like four thousand forty acres. Candy Mountain's eight hundred and like nineteen acres. So it's like a fourth of the size of Red Mountain, and then their little winery is only one in. So there's there's a ton of people, there's more vineyards on it. So it's like a lot of you know long shadows of coal. Like a lot of people have gotten good fruit from there for yep. a long time. Yep. Um, and then they had their basically their you know little lot where they have a couple acres planted, and you know they had a guy make wine for it. And so that's where I you know grew up and 
kind of got to learn what he did, you know, stuff like that. But to your point of being in a state winery, it's like you see year in and year out, every vintage is different. But mm-hmm. like, you know, winemaking is a game where you learn what to do in certain vintages because of that, like the curveballs that were thrown your way, right? And so the longer you work with a vineyard, the more in tune and you're getting to know it and knowing what it's going to give you and a cold vintage, a warm vintage, how you're going to work with that. And so it's like kind of even before I made those wines, I knew what I wanted to do a little bit differently or what would help, you know, kind of put, I guess, a little bit better recognition or stamp on that place, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, it's just working with the same vineyard every year. Mm-hmm. is a game changer mm-hmm. you know and so that's where you, you know when people luck out and they're you know get a spot at a really good vineyard it's like and then all of a sudden you know you have a couple slow years or something happens or COVID happens and people you didn't you never know and like people drop that i'm like man dude you just like you did you didn't drop that wine for that year you dropped your whole entire knowledge of that plot of wine. you're probably never getting those vines back right you know so it's like it's a tough, it's a weird business, you know, it's just, it's hard if you don't, harder if you don't own your own vineyards, I think. Yeah, I, I would have, to, <clears throat> I mean, I have to, I mean, I mean, listen, like, it's a business. All the beautiful stuff about it, but then day, if you don't sell it, you can't, and like, yeah, I mean, I. I look, I look at California, right? Like, or just like you go on the wine business daily. People are selling bulk fucking juice all the time. Oh yeah. Right. And you want to know why? And, 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 and because it's numbers, there's, there comes where it comes numbers and margins. You get, you get the two buck chuck, cheap bottle, cheap this, cheap that, or even, or nothing has to be two buck chuck. Um, Good Lord, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see. I wonder if this guy is out of jail. Christian Garvin, <laughs> you know about Christian Garvin? I don't know. Dude, Santa Barbara, but he was like, he was a New York guy, but he lived out. But like, built brands like would like yeah. buy bulk juice, get a sexy label, yeah. sell fucking twenty thousand cases of Trader Joe's, right? Like, right. like they, people don't. I don't. I I think that most people don't understand. Like, there's there's people right now who are getting a claim and they buy bulk juice and okay. they, they just slap labels on it. And I mean, and, 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 yeah. and, I, and I'm not saying that to be negative or denigrate anyway. I'm just saying that to pull back kind of like the curtain. Right. Right. Dude, the St. Michelle dropped like 40% of their contracts right before harvest this year. Uh, I, that, as that's, a farmer, you know how dude, pissed dude, that makes dude, me because the people I work with. Dude, like, that's oh, gangster. That's dude. some old, like, yeah, well, we're not gonna pay you. We don't give a shit. We don't give a shit. We don't give a shit. And 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 I, the and su- I was in law school. Yeah, sue us. Yeah, they yeah. got the lawyers yeah. like like, yeah. like yeah. I mean, talk to the suits in New York. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 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 what are you gonna do, sue us? Like, because like, what's the company that I forget the company that owns them? But it's like, dude, you're not beating them. Yeah, you're not beating. You're not beating them, right? Yeah. So so they know they're like like you're you, 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 you know what? You better sell that shit off, and that's nothing. You better sell that shit off for. Brandy, you better sell the shit off for cough syrup. Like, you don't even know where so much finished wine ends up. Yeah, that's going to be, well, I mean, it's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like an hour long conversation. I know, right? Like, it's um, like, woo! Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. But also then, but also the same thing. Like if you if you can if you can if if you're if you're a savvy person, it, um, if you're savvy, and I was and slick in the best way that you catch you catch the right grapes at the right time. You're the right product. Yeah. You have a winner. You have a hit. And that one. And listen, declassify. Oh, Jesus, declassifying wines. Well, nothing. Like yes, there you. Trader Joe's has tons of wines that are declassified that would have sold for fifty six dollars a bottle. That they right. can sell for ten because they don't label. Right. And but then once that person who got the label, then they got people hooked. Mm-hmm. Then 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 they don't got the sixty dollar bottle next year. Right. They, they have a straight up ten dollar bottle. It's up and down. And try, it's yeah. up and down. Yeah. There's and and that's something to be said. And that sometimes I feel like that's even how like kind of critics can approach stuff. It's like. They're not even going to approach a big score until they see like three or four vintages right. of consistency right. because they their reputation's on the line too, you know. So they're like, you know, okay, you know, I need to make sure this is legit. Oh, you, you have know, to, like, you have to, yeah. right? Because because you want because listen, like you said, like in these places that people and the wine is so funny. I think wine will never be the nature of wine is everyone has an opinion so there will never be like really this whole coming together right sure. right and just and that's fine i think if we could accept that and we can all just sit down and enjoy wine be a lot we be a lot better but like yeah like yes um you if you you could come out the gate you get the right consulting winemaker you buy 100% new french oak barrels there's things you can do to get your 98 to 100 point score it's always harder to I always tell people it's 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 way harder to change the perception of like being like a mid grade winery to an upper skip. You know, you come out like swinging to the fences, yep. and you have the backing. Right. You have all right. that. Right. It's easy to start up and then kind of trickle down, trickle right. some stuff out the back door. Then it is like going, going up. Is like, right. That's Listen, climbing. that's why I think a lot of people. I don't see. I never know where these are going to go. I never know where these are going to go. <laughs> Depends on who I'm talking to, but like. You know, I tell people I understand now why, like a lot of people, aim for that thirty dollar price point because um, if you get it right, um, if you get it right, that your thirty dollars is firmly people don't that's firmly in the luxury category. Totally. Why? Yeah, yeah. That's firmly like like people don't say. I think I think it's it's I think it's seventeen dollars if you if you seventeen dollars like, is above that is like luxury. luxury. Yeah. Right. So so. When we started, we talked about the DRC. That's just otherworldly shit. Do you see the list of the, the ten most expensive wines? It's on, one of the it was it was insane. No, there's like a, a, a Egon Muller recent, and I'm not shit. Yeah, I'm but like people are paying like seventeen thousand dollars for a bottle of fucking Riesling now. Well, rich people are. Yeah, we are. We're not. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that Chateau Saint Michel. I always say like, dude. Yeah. To, to, St. Michelle Single Berry Select might be one of the best wines to get in Washington. <laughs> exactly. Like when they make it, right, right, like right. when they make it, it's like that's a dessert wine, yep, you know, yep, like right, no. just for the, the yeah. people listening. <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I always say it's like like this. It's like you know, even when I travel and go do stuff, and I see St. Michelle stuff on list, and I'm like, man, dude, it's crazy that this is all that they get. This is what Washington is to to. Oh, to the rest of I mean, that, you know, that was like, same when I moved to California. People want to see it. <clears throat> Like even the, you, like you, you're getting like okay, yeah, you're gonna find your 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 your, your Colgan, you're gonna find all your, your crazy right. shits, right? But then like there's somebody, there's somebody in Napa or Sonoma who's making some killer shit. They're selling 
it's for 45 bucks a bottle and it's like right next to the bottle that you're paying six hundred dollars for totally yeah right yeah. next to it. i mean and, and 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 somehow my family we sold off all but this and we still make this right. type shit yeah and, and actually, because we sold off, we know these are the best blocks. Totally. Yeah. And, and But you don't know that without doing but it for a while. Right, right. That's why. Like, and that goes back to what you're talking about. You got your own You got to know it. It's like, literally, in our little two-acre plot, it's like, we make, like, two barrels from just inside that. You know, like, that we know this is straight caliche soils. It's way better. Like, the vines are more stressed out. The berry size is smaller. You know, like, sure, you could walk that, but, like. You get to learn it, you know, and what it gives you, you know, it's, and I, dude, that's a, that's such a treat, you know, that's not like a possibility for everyone, you know, no, so no. I get that, you but know. But also, like, I, people get, but it's also timing, it's just like, there's this thing of just timing, right, like, like, like whenever your grandfather, it was timing, right, yeah. like, you know, um, Mark Adams from Ledge always says, he's like, man, no, you couldn't give land away and pass the Robles in the 70s. My parents bought yeah. all this fucking parents were teachers, so it was a but a fucking whole fucking ranch for like seventy thousand, which is probably which was a reach for them, but like yeah. it was so much freaking land. Well, like, I, I remember and that's that. just timing. It. it was like I think it was Scott and Vakel like bought land. Torn like without anything, yeah. like like yeah, yeah, yeah. like Eric Jensen was like, oh, yeah. yeah, you can do it, you yeah, can, you can yeah. just. You right. can, I'm like, nowadays you look at that, and you're like, what? How, how do you get land? Like it's time, you know. That's everything, you know. Like, this is a crack up. It, it, uh, next year it will be 20. I moved to Santa Barbara in 1999, so it was 24 years ago. And I lived on this dude's fucking property in Montecito, and, and you talk about time. Like literally, he said, he's like, he said in the 70s you couldn't give land away in Santa Barbara. You couldn't give it away. That's insane. That's, that's insane. insane. That, like, insane. like, you know, that's insane to me. Like, he's like, so he, like, this dude, like, had all this land in Montecito. Yeah. Like, at the top of a mountain, he's like, yeah, that's, make, you know, that's that guy's place. He was a role, so that's that defense attorney's place, and he's all above it. And, and, that, and again, you know what? Because he was born there, and this shit was just cheap, right? So, I think that's with everything. Timing... Yeah. Is you know as a whole. I mean, even listen. Even after Mondavi, nineteen started premium. Like still in the eighties, you could still afford shit in Napa. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, yeah, not, but like, yeah, like just, but like now, dude. dude. Now it's like I, I. It's just, and you know, like I mean. I think you guys have a thing where it just the lot size is so big because of that that's which I'm not mad at per se um, because this was just wheat so right. like so like there there's these huge lots so like right you know it's not California we'll sub we'll say we'll sub we'll sub the with, with one of the most sustainable water sources right exactly right so right, right. so right. So, yeah. so yeah so yeah. I admit it's, there is there is tremendous value right. if you can do it but I think that's why like. That's why, like, after going to Paso, I was like, oh, I love this place. Because everyone's, like, the owners own it. And they're there, yeah. and they're hospitable. Right, and, right, like, right. there's so much more connection, you know? Yeah. Whereas in Napa, it's just felt way different. I'm not saying that it isn't that in great places there. Yeah. You know, and I love a lot of the wines that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, listen, I, 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 I want to spend more time in Napa. I don't get to know it because I, I just don't, I can't roll like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, but the thing with, like you said, like, 
like even with Jensen, like when guys went in there, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you had Eberly, you had, it was like you had, you had Jay Lore before they got super big, you know, um, but like, you know, then Bo Castell comes in, but even, but look at, look how far long ago Bo, Bo Castell even came in, right? Yeah. Um, definitely shit has now changed with the deal that just went down this week. I, I can't even fathom stuff like that. I'm like, I mean, you really have to um, write out a billion to see how many fucking zeros. Because <laughs> you don't have, like, we don't, it's, it's like, it doesn't it's fit on your iPhone. Like, know? if it doesn't fit on your iPhone, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you gotta write it you, down. I mean, but no, when you write it, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Um, but, you know, we're going to go back. So what is your philosophy? Like, what is what is the winemaking philosophy for your brands, you and you and Audrey's brands? Because she lets you go back to school and she comes from, and I can tell you guys are full on partners. Yeah, um, really, with us, it's you know we're trying to be as honest in our winemaking as possible. You know, so everything's native yeast, mm-hmm. you know, non-adjusted. So we're trying not to add water or acid to the wine. So we're picking a little bit more balanced. Um, that being said, it's like there's challenging vintages, you know, where you, you're not just going to, I'm not like a, someone that beats the drum of you have to do it just because of like a belief thing or something. No, like I mean, that, I think, you know? I love, I said it's a philosophy. Um, philosophy is always changing and, you know, um, you're, there's people who just can't afford to just dump wine or declassify. You, you, you can't. Like, yeah. I mean, if I, if I, even at our stage right now, it's like you screw up on like one two things it's like that's huge you know that's that's you paying yourself and not getting paid you know so it's like it's it's literally like you can't yeah you i mean that being said luckily we've learned i mean i've made wine long enough i've made a lot of those mistakes you know already and you've learned a lot you know and luckily this community in washington is always so helpful yeah that you know if you do have an issue you're running across there's always someone you can call and ask them but um I mean, honestly, now it's we've really kind of branded upside down into a lot of the Rhone stuff and mm-hmm. really pushing the boundaries of that with, uh, I mean, the vineyards we work with are pretty much every every single one's 45 minutes to an hour from ours. And then the Gold Drop stuff, like that Grenache that you got, that's, yep. that's our estate stuff. Yep. Um, so we have more land to develop there, and that's kind of the next step. And then hopefully, hopefully eventually one day get in our own winery because... Uh, Right now we have our like own space mm-hmm. that's a buddy Jim he built it out you know um, that we rent from him and uh, so yeah it's kind of keeping it small and we just want to you know just keep pushing quality of the wines because even until 2020 I was making it in someone else's space so it's like you know doing native yeast fermentations when you don't have temperature control in the space can be pretty tough sometimes. So that I, love, I, I love those guys. And they, they would, they would uh, just talk about my homeless camp in the corner. Cause I would have like tarps and shit up with like space heaters and just yeah. like, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, really it's, you know, a lot of native fermentation stuff, uh, all native ML, you know, I, I don't view like oak as a bad thing, and you know, like I, I do I, a lot. Of oak. I, I, I love that you shouldn't. I think people. I mean, I, I, uh, I, whatever. I talk in your eyes, but I, I think that you know, oak has been used for throughout 
millennia with yeah. wine. So there's a reason why. Right. This is like, and yes, people can overdo it. You can overdo it with your your cologne, your draconic yeah. You can overdo anything. You learn the sites that can handle it, right. you know, and then you use it tastefully. And a lot of that is just building like the the cellar you want yeah. too, you know, because it's like we've changed a ton of all our old barrels into like three hundreds and six hundreds with thick staves because we do a lot of grenache, you know, just like yeah. stuff like that where it's like you can't just buy that all in one night, you know. So you're slowly <laughs> inter- right. you're, well, you can't. Well, some, it, people, it, some people can't, yeah. you know. So it's like you're integrating <laughs> this over time. Two those, three those, one like that's Caddyshack seed, yeah. six of those, and uh, 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 same thing for my buddy. Yeah, throw, throw in some of those concrete fermenters too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So so it's it's super like fun. your Ryan golf tees. Yeah, oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 something that's super fun that we're able to work on that we you know can see like a future of and you know luckily we have like awesome supporters that really believe in our wines that have done you know wonders because it's like you know I always tell people it's like you can make the best wine in the world but if you can't sell it, it doesn't matter you oh. know and there's a lot of people out there like you said that yep. make really good yep. wine yep. but you know it's it's one of those things that you know it's it's hard to get out there to people, you know, there's, you have to do it for so long just to get like the credibility and the chance to even pour for certain people, you know, like stuff like that. So it's, it's just one of those things where you just got to keep playing the game, keep or, your head down and grind at it. Or know? even like just from a guy who I love retail cause you get, but like you, when you're trying to tell someone like, like literally like, ah, oh, listen, if you're going to buy $15, Put that wine that starts with a J and ends with an H down, and come over and get this Spanish thing. No, no, I know, I, I love, I know, I like this. Yeah. Right, like so, like you know, and that's a very. I think, and I could be wrong, but like my generation of wine drinkers are so into trying so much shit. That's why I think natural wine good. is like so big right well, now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> We just have to figure out what natural wine is, kids. That, <laughs> it's going to be great. Nothing about wine's natural. But anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Right? Anyways. I was just in Virginia. We were talking about, like, in, what, and, and I was with, uh, oh, my God, Ben Jordan. Ben used to work at Early Mountain. But it's his philosophy is, like, same thing, similar philosophy, but he doesn't want to call his wines natural. He's just right. trying to make the best wine possible and, and, with, and, and let the place express itself and get out of the way. But the like, same thing, stuck fermentations, she roll that shit out in the sun, really? <laughs> like, right? like, like people talk about, yeah. like, you can't let it get hot. Oh man, you you got to get that barrel boiling uh, sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> so uh, I think it's one of those things that's, uh, you know, it's super fun. Um, it's a, uh, Hey, come hey. on in. This is how we do it on yeah. Black Wine Fridge. What's up? <laughs> That's the founder of Ganache Fest and the owner of the cabin we're shooting in, Carrie Alexander. Hey, Carrie. Hey. How you doing? You're actually going to be part of the podcast. It's fine. Uh, oops. Oh. That's, um, thank you for... Okay. Cool. So, we just got the answer to the question, who let the dogs out? <laughs> Carrie did. Carrie Alexander let the dogs out. <laughs> I told her it's going to be in the podcast. Awesome. Because we're not done. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah. No, it's a it's a fun. You, you do come from a generation of people who are more. And also because 
something you said earlier about like I, I I would love to make a lot of money, but you don't need a lot of money to be happy, and you just want to create great wines, love on your wife, love on your children, and sustain this lifestyle. I mean, and I think that's something about your generation that so they're like, it's not even it's not even it's it's just like what represents me, and I think that's what you're doing. Like this represents me, my family history. Give transparency. Yeah. You know, like I think that's like that's why I always say like honest wine or transparent. You know, because it's, like, even, like, just, uh, the, what good is your wine being made naturally if it's, if it's not farmed holistically? Well, that's, that, you know, that, so, that's one of the things so, where, like, that, like, I, I get, I, as a marketing guy, the guy who loves marketing, I study it. And sure. It's more the psychology, like, why did I buy that? Why do people buy things? I hate when people get duped into buying things. And, and a lot of, and, and what I've seen, be respond, what I've seen is you can say something natural and it's got, it's got uh, chemicals in it. It's got, it's got so much bad shit in it. Yeah. I think, I think it's just like one of those things where, um, I don't ever want to like lead with that. Right. Because it's, that's, it, that's the people I like. I, ooh, ooh, oh, oh, oh. But it's just one of those things that it's so this, uh, is, this is a live one. Yeah, yeah. The best, like, wines in the world are natural wines. I know. They don't need to say I'm that. Like, uh, they farm you, you, good. They're you know, good. You know, you know, all, that, soil, all that shit, pretty yeah. shit yeah. is biodynamic. You, ain't, you don't put it yeah. in. Yeah. Like, and you know what? Here's And that's why I try. This is where I make for natural wine. I'm like, you can't afford real fucking natural wine. Dude. Right? Right? I'm like, even even some of your shit, like, 65 bucks, like, I'm not paying 65 bucks a bottle. Well, it's natural wine. He didn't call it natural wine. And, and it's just interesting because it's like a lot of those places, you know, it's, you know, the, the extreme reductivity that's in the wine. Oh, my God. It's just, it's because that site shouldn't be made naturally. Right. You know, the right. soils right. don't have the <laughs> nitrogen there to make that wine. Like, it tastes like crap because of that. Right. You know, so it's like. If there was more, I'm not saying it couldn't be that way. There needs to be more farming focus. That's well, all I'm trying to say. No, I, I know it's exactly, making right, exactly. focus. And, I, and when I and when people get when I'm throwing shade at natural, no, I'm throwing shade on on people who are taking advantage of people and using yeah. a, a trend and not staying true to what the movement was about. Right. So that's where that is. Now, okay. So, um, so your brands are Kitsky Sellers. What's the focus there? Bordeaux. Bordeaux, okay. Um, and then Upside Down is the Rhone. Yep. And then what's the third one? The Devil's Liars. Yeah, what's the Devil's Liars? It's it's Grenache from Weather Eye Vineyard specifically. So, you know, working with Ryan up there in that vineyard is kind of a treat. And we've gotten to do it since the first vintage. And, uh, Good for you. Um, yeah, it's just kind of we wanted to do something different where... I've always wanted to do like a Bono like aged Grenache that yeah. had more time, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, you know, our site uh, uh, is is more north sloping, less wind, more sand, and it's just so elegant, pretty, and drinks better young. So we bottle that our estate, you know, at about 18 months, and then the weather eye stuff. It's like I didn't know if it would really be able to push that 30 month or not, um, and you know, I've tried a lot of the, you know the extended age stuff from Paso as well, you know, and it's like such a different style, you know, with how it hits you. Yeah. So, you know, we do a lot of whole cluster on those wines. Um, Which blew me away. It, it's, thanks. It's, it's, 
we want like that structure and that aromatic profile that you get from the big whole cluster wines. Right. Um, but with, for me, but without all the excessive stimmy and stickiness. You know, it can get green real fast right. and it can get pretty astringent, but you know, that's one thing, you know, with the extended aging or even people that bottle earlier and then you give it three or four years in the bottle. Yeah. But I, I, I'm also the kind of the person that's, I hate telling people like, oh, save it for five years. You know, if right. I'm selling it and taking the money from you, you should be able to drink it whenever right, you want. Right, right. So it's like, yeah, if you decant it, it's going to blossom and give you all those aromatics and smooth out. But at the same time, it's like, my hope with those wines is really to, to have something that can age. And, you know, we have a lot of people that come to Washington and be like, I drink this in seven to 10 years. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I know the pHs of these wines and I know how reductive they are. And I've had some stuff with way higher pHs from the rocks that kicks ass and I'm 20 years old. You yeah, know, so yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, totally. like, you know, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's, you don't know. We don't know, you know, and it's like 18 was the first vintage of that. And it's, uh, um, I'm leaking a little bit of information, but I actually have one barrel of 18 that we're going to bottle after this and straight, straight in magnums. So it's been on. Oh, right. since, so. I think I'm, a, I think, I, I think I shall have a magnum of that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely get yeah. you in on that. I'm going to be the program. But yeah, we want to have something that can age. I love that. I love that. And then there's also, you guys have a, philanthropic uh, theme or arm that you're playing with. Tell, tell everybody about that, man. Yeah, so um, we do a percentage of our sales go to different nonprofits. From It started with actually each one uh, originally, and that was our like goal because uh, um, basically we worked with the Chill Foundation that I used to work with that took inner city youth up snowboarding and mm-hmm. built life skills and stuff through it. Um, and then we did, like, my wife, Audrey's, and she's a, a living kidney donor. So she's on Ooh, the board wow. of the National Kidney Foundation. So we worked with them with one. And so we had, like, the handful of these. And then all of a sudden we started making way too many wines because we were, like, single vineyard. You know, we're like, <laughs> okay, we cannot do this because this is becoming a nightmare. So basically we, we basically still work with a handful of organizations. Like, all our Gold Drop stuff works with A21 which fights human trafficking around the world. Mm. But we just do a percent of the sales, of the of the overall sales that go to them. Um, so it's kind of one of those things that's we don't want to be... Um, it's, not, it's hard, because you don't want it to come off as like a gimmick, you know, like yeah. or a salesy yeah. type thing. But a lot of people can donate time, and when you own a vineyard and you make wine and do sales, it's like... And have a family. You, you don't have that time. You don't have that much time to donate. So it's just like doing something with what you have. And we've always been kind of people that want to do something with what we have. And for us, it's you know we make wine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. So we we we're we're getting close. But you you also brought a third. And you already opened the third bottle. So what what is yeah, it? Let's, 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 yeah. let's, I'm, I'm excited to try that. Let's splash this. Yeah. this. That yeah, looks, that looks Italian. Yeah, it is. So this is a high elevation Italian Grenache, you know, because it's a it's oh, Grenache dude, fest. Oh, dude, man, I am so, a. I, I, oh, is that a Kermit Lynch wine? It is a Kermit. Okay, because so, I, I get I get the I get the fucking newsletter. Yeah, and they don't yeah. ship to New York. Oh, they don't. No. Okay, so uh, and so like I'm like and these I'm like and like I look at these I look at these wines I'm like I want these fucking. Uh, Grenache from Sardinia. And yeah, fucking... yeah, that's exactly this. So this yeah. is a. Oh uh, yes, this one. Yes, this so one. The Giovanni uh, Monticci. Right, and then no, it's from, yeah, yeah, that. 
the G- Giovanni Montisi. And this is the thing, right? Like, you think Curb Lynch and Restraint. This fucker's 15 fives. I was like, I got to try yeah. a wine that Curb Lynch or Anthony shot would put in the portfolio. Totally. right. At 15.5, knowing what they're known for. I'm like, it must be bal- It must be some seriously imbalanced. Well, when you read about shit. that, like, the, the wines there, it's like, you know, everything's like, oh, you want higher elevation. Right. And I read about this. I'm like, oh, shit, they're getting me. It's like 627 <laughs> meters and 85 year old vines. Like, damn it. All right. It's Grenache. And it's like, I, I, just, I have to. Wow. I'm, my thing is like, you know, I, I got to try oh my God, all but, the bucket but dude, dude, It is, but so. this is like. Super high toned. Yeah. Oh my god! It's uh, it's sweet cherries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Still, it, ha- still has almost that like. Uh, I know. I would. I want to. But I can even like. It's the. It's even light in color, considering like it's fifteen. Like you when when you think fifteen five, if you think Paso, you know, I oh, know my people. Just okay. it's pinky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. but this is like, and I love those ones. But this is. Thank you for bringing this because I didn't even know what it was, but I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, these fucking things are. Uh, it's a good warm up for the for the weekend mm. ahead. Fuck, that's delicious. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. I see why this is in the book. And that's got so much structure and acid to it. You know, it's like that's why I'm, I love Grenache when it has that acid. When you get like the absolutely. Like the elevated, like even Madrid gra- Grenaches from yep. Amanda G and some of that stuff. It's like it might push the red spectrum a little bit, yep. but it's like no, but dude, see the structure. I know like the aromatics are so good. This has been this has been an off the rails with Seth, but I know that's why I was like when I, I thought like and he has he has like a, a ninety dollars Cinso from somebody in there, and I love Cinso. I'm like I gotta get that fucking bottle. Right, because like I love the the Turley Senso, the Betchel, because it's very high tone. It's twelve five. Yeah, pomegranate, cranberry, you know, cherry, and but then like, and you're like, how is this so delicious at twelve five? How is this so right? But then the acid, it's just, and the nose on it's like candied apples, mm-hmm. little anise. Yeah, the anise is there. It's not over the top. You know, mm-hmm. that's what. It's that's why it lets that red fruit shine, but man, it's it's well, that's good. delicious. Yeah, that's good. All right, man. So um, we're gonna play a little game. It's called slap, lick, fondle. <laughs> <laughs> you changed it up since last time. I, I did change it up <laughs> because someone stole my shit. Well, it wasn't my shit. I didn't create. Yeah, after the yeah right, right. I never said I did. I, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I, I, and she did not invent it, but you know, I had my girl Brooke Sobble on and, and the podcast, and we're hanging out drinking with my boy Joe Bembry, also the podcast at his house one night, and we played FMK, Fuck Mary Kill. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, someone uh, who has way more followers, actually a platform, I would say a platform. Um, a yeah. platform, if you know what a platform yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, put up a post, and I and some and one of my listeners like sent me the post and actually put on like, didn't the black wine guy start this and why? And people were going crazy. Oh my god! I mean, anyway, so I was like, so then fortunately, this is, I'm telling the story again. I did this in a motel. I'm watching cable, and or Amazon is last twenty four seven. I'm watching Tosh two point 
And he said, he's like, FMK is boring because you never have. He's like, so I created a new game. Slap, lick, fondle. You can play with your friend. He's like, because you're not fucking your friend. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not killing your friend. So he's not really, but this has real consequences. So he's, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and slapping, looking at fondle is just, just, <laughs> so three grapes. <clears throat> Oh man, that's funny. This is this. I don't know how tough it is, man. Because you do make a lot of stuff, so I'm, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it as hard as I can for you. You know why I'm gonna make it as hard for you? Because this wine right here is beautiful. It is your daughter's wine. So we're gonna go to big three. And I and I I, I debuted FMK two years ago at Hospice in the wine space. I right, so slap. Lick, Fondle, Grenache, Syrah, Mourvedre. Slap, Lick, Fondle. Man, you're throwing me for the loop um, on this one. I, I did this at everybody yeah, at yeah. hospice. So. Yeah. No, well, the, the, and now we're at Grenache Fest. Yeah, I know. The MFK, though. Yeah. I, I felt like I had it, and all of a sudden the American Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, this know is that. what I do. Yeah. I, I, thought I got that, like... So, Slap? Yeah. I mean... I'm gonna slap Syrah because slap Syrah sometimes just to me it just wants to be somebody it's not, <laughs> <laughs> and you just need to knock You're some like, sense in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. <laughs> uh, uh, lick would be. Uh, I mean, lick would maybe be like Maved. Just, just, just lick and, and get out of there because Maved can change on you real fast. You right, know, it right. can, it can. It's it's got it's got attitude. You know, it's got some spiciness. <laughs> right, I got some right, stuff that I right. I don't want to be around sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then that leaves the fondle and Grenache, which you know, who doesn't want to fondle Grenache? It can go too many different ways. I know that's so funny. I people ask, so I I tell you after drinking this. Like I was like, okay, I can see the the I can see the slap on on Syrah because it can you know like I had a Syrah like last week two weeks ago. There's and, some Syrahs that and, and and you know what and and you know what it was what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but that's not the Syrah I like. Right, right. Like, but having this in my glass is like. How are you not fucking licking this? Right. Well, everyone's kind of got that one friend that's I call him the chameleonaire. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they just kind of adapted right, to their right, environment right, right, and right. changed and right, stuff. Right. And I feel like that's true sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you need yeah. to just slap them. But and, and you know and 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 then and and then like when you get like I've had some more veg that just like are just like oh where have you been my whole life? So, I love them. Yeah. All right. So one last question. Um, what are you most excited about for the future? Um, you know, I just, I really enjoy just the opportunity and it sounds maybe cheesy, but like to be in the wine industry, you know, cause it's, there's a lot of times I really hate being in the wine industry. I'm going to be 
I'm on it. So like I told listen, you, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, listen. There, I there's, hear a, you. there's a lot of stuff I don't really enjoy in it, but the people that I do enjoy in it are a blast. So it's always a treat to share good bottles and yeah. just talk and yeah. have a good time. Yeah. So I think it's honestly just you know being able to be in this, make it a living at it, mm-hmm. and have my daughter grow up in it, and just continue to build on making good wine in Washington. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool opportunity, and I mean, we can't take it for granted. It's pretty damn rad to use yeah. your favorite curse word. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, my favorite curse word usually involves golfing. So it's, it's usually, that's, it's not used in that environment. Yeah. There might be other ones used too. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man, Seth, thank you so much, man. I'm glad we got to do this. Tell people where they can find you, how they can be a part of what. You and Audrey and Sage are doing. Yeah. So now Audrey has to listen to the end. Not that she wouldn't. Right, and, right. And, and, and you can just let Sage listen to this last part without oh, Uncle MJ cursing. <laughs> She's around it enough. <laughs> um, uh, you can find us like uh, on our website, UpsideDownWine.com, uh, KidskiSellers.com, and then uh, Us Doing Wine on Instagram kind of have a combined account where we just kind of show the ins and outs and behind the scenes of owning a winery and farming and making wine and uh, obviously we have upside down wine on Instagram and that sort of stuff too but uh, yeah those those kind of things mostly so awesome awesome yeah. for all the listeners out there make sure you check out the show notes for each uh, show each episode I'll post uh, you know I'll put info on the wines we drank um, links to the uh, to their their socials and their um, websites and so much much more and until the next time cheers to the Mavericks the philosophers deep thinkers and all you wine drinkers it's your boy MJ check it out with Seth Kitsy peace thank you for having me my pleasure cheers. man cheers thank you so much for listening I hope you learned something you had some fun while you were here Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.